Bud Talks Podcast, episode one, one, one. Good morning, good evening, good night, everyone. This is TK, writer in the Bud Hansen. Today is Tuesday, February 4th, 2020. Haven't been speaking in here for a while. I was sick for a couple of weeks and also had some other things going on. I'll talk about that here in a second. But uh, today I do have a, a special guest, a special friend. And before I introduce him, I just want to give you all an update. Uh, Bourgeois Z, I am continuing to work on that. Book should be out any month now. I will not put a date on it, but do follow me on vehicledigest.net to get the latest publishing stories and promo stories around the book and the stories of the novel. And anyone who wants a free copy of it, I will be giving it out to my GoFundMe donors, which is also another initiative that I want to put out there, a mile a donor. I am running a mile a donor a mile of donation for everyone who gives. So please do support my writing and I will run a mile for you. And I do have another self-published creative writing series on amazon.com and I between my haiku. There is a link on vehicledigest.net. Go to the about me page and I'll also be relaunching that creative series as well. So in a couple months, I will begin to republish all of the chapters and promo stories behind that book. So thank you all for listening. Again, this is Bud Talks Podcast 111-111. Today is Tuesday, February 4th. And I have a special friend here. His name is Anom. It's anonymous. Don't worry, Robert. I won't say your name. No, just <laughs> <laughs> His name's not Robert, by just the way. Just call me Bob. <laughs> Bob. Bob. <laughs> um, so I met Bob... About a couple months ago, yep. Um, he was interested in some of the. Actually, I think he had listened to Ramon and I's podcast, Meaning of the Minds, and I think uh, some of the content was basically either. How did, how did you find that podcast again? I think. Um, I want to speak into the mic a little bit. Okay. I think actually via Chris Scott. Chris Scott, hip hop social worker. Yeah. Yeah. So I was listening to his podcast and then somehow, you know, that's the podcast thing. It's like you, someone talks about this and somebody else doing that podcast. And then anyway, I think that's how I got to it or cause you guys had him. Right. Right. I think we've had him on twice. Yeah. Yeah. So Anyway, that's how I found you. Okay, nice. Yeah. It's how the, you know, I'm not really, uh, by the way, have you ever followed the law of attraction? I haven't really spoke about it much, but no, it's, um, I mean, pretty much what you put out is what you attract. And a lot of the content I do put out, I, I try to at least put it out for people that will be attracted to it. So we can talk about that a little bit more, but more importantly, uh, a lot of my content is a, a, a random content, so I don't really have too much structure, but structure in itself is random, and you kind of put your own order to it as you follow your heart in a good feeling. But uh, we're here because, I mean, this is just what happens when you follow your dreams and passions. You know, you, you bring people into your life that are positive and that are good energy like yourself. So I do appreciate you for coming on. Thank you. Uh. Um, My pleasure. So we have a couple things in common, and we can kind of jump into that. And 
I think one of the things that when I first met you at the coffee shop, um, I mean, some people have a, a, I call it a vibe, yeah, an aura. A lot of people might interpret it as maybe a spiritual walk and not to kind of get spiritual and religion in the same bucket. But I mean, there is a big difference, I would say. So your spiritual journey and mine's kind of met at a very interesting point, I would say. So for mm-hmm. you, uh, I think you referred to it as a coming to Jesus. Right. So when it, and that's why I kind of didn't want to get religion too mixed up in it. But well, it's that <laughs> when I say come to Jesus, that's I got that from a guy that I worked with, a guy that I really enjoyed. And that was just a term that he would use when, um, you know, when a person had to really stop and and think seriously about what it was they were doing and right. kind of reflect. And that was just, uh, and I was, I think when we met, I was kind of in the middle of having a come to Jesus m- moment or moments or period with myself where I was just, I was spending a lot of time just stopping and reflecting letting myself stop and reflect on just what it what was the point of me and what I was and all that so yeah and I, w- I would say I mean for me it's it's an everyday journey um, in reality I would I have a strong opinion that there is no turning back in time obviously there time doesn't go back time goes forward but interesting you can only you can only decline in your spiritual walker journey if you allow yourself to right. and it takes a lot of discipline in the mind to not allow yourself to go down that route so something i was watching this morning and you know, I, I i stopped getting on youtube a while ago because it just took up too much time. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> like you, you, get, you get caught up in these, like, inspirational videos. Or I did, not right. personally. But I, I used to watch these inspirational videos and just be on it till forever and realize time just. Yeah. And then you get caught up in other videos. But one of them actually, uh, I, I only go on YouTube for one video now. It's, it's, a, it's a meditation. I usually meditate in silence up to an hour a day. Yeah. But lately I've been experimenting with um, a different type of meditation. But in my latest, I guess, discovery of self-fulfillment and self-spirituality is understanding your inter- uh, internal clock. Mm-hmm. So you're always progressing, but we have brain patterns that take us back to who we once were. So that's where a lot of self-doubt mm-hmm. and a lot of guilt, shame comes in. And one thing that's helped me is when I do kind of feel myself regressing back to an older version of myself, which is not really as confident as I write to be mm-hmm. or I speak to be, I have to catch myself in the moment and say, time's moving on and so are you. So kind of understanding your moods yeah, and being aware of it and that's it. 
Right. So, yeah. Think about just keep it right here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right in this little exactly capsule that yeah. I am. Yeah. Um, and again, I think um, I call my home Heaven's Ghetto because of the circumstances I'm in. But mm-hmm. Heaven's Ghetto being, you know, you're. I mean, you are the kingdom of yourself. I mean, there's. I mean, we have church, which is a temple for people. We have our bodies. There's holy ground or whatever you want to refer to it as. But for the most part, I mean, we we are, I mean, we're beings inside of a body. Yeah. And that's pretty much the physical aspect of it. And it takes a very long journey to come to this realization. And I haven't really spoken. I haven't really been. I don't, I mean, maybe I have spoke about it a little bit in my past episodes on Bud Talks. But my spiritual journey has really transpired onto my blog vehicle digest Uh so i think it's kind of i think that's what maybe what you and i enjoy most about life is is that that discovery of ourselves and and the beauty of ourselves and i think that's what we tend to like to talk about Mm -hmm. because we recognizing each other that we both have this appreciation of that it's, that's kind of you know i mean i can say that's what that's what i live for now right yeah i mean <laughs> when you're talking it's interesting you know i i hear you you know i listen to you talking and about this and so many things come to mind about you know about just related to this and it's yeah. it's all great it's all great stuff <laughs> What do you think, um, I mean, uh, some people claim there's a really big paradigm shift in reality in in terms of, some people refer to it as woke culture. Yeah. Um, I don't know where that was termed from, I might have to look it up, but, I mean, do you think that there's a point in time, and maybe it's happening, maybe it will happen this year, but where you'll kind of get more of a mass under or a mass consciousness of people being aware of what's what's real and what's not because for a while I was kind of I was we were talking about this earlier really caught up in some people refer to it as a matrix <laughs> some yeah. people refer to it as reality mm-hmm. or the past I mean do you think there are people that would be forever stuck in it or do you think that I mean there are people that There'll be a point in time where we do have a a change in, I guess, a mass perception of what this world really is. Yeah, I think that. Oh, I I I think we're all we're always changing, you know. And my idea is that it's just you know it's just progress. This this whole human experiment is. I mean, it's all just one great big experiment, yeah. right? We never. It's. I mean, you stop and go. We never done this before, any of us, right? Right, right? We're just making it up as we go, and it, but I think it's, and I, I don't know, I don't, I don't think people are, you know, human beings. I don't, you know, I don't think we're much different than we were a thousand or two thousand or three thousand years ago. You know, we just have these basic needs that we're trying to fulfill. You know, it's up to each of us we uh, all, all any of us ever 
is is ourself mm-hmm. and and it's and our only our truly only work i heard a woman say this our only work in this life is to care for ourselves to love and care for ourselves that's our that's our only work that's our only responsibility and and i believe that if we can each do that you know if we could if we can each learn how to love ourselves like i mean to me that's the greatest yeah you know, it's the greatest thing to aspire to is to is just to love yourself in every moment and you know when you when i can do that it it changes everything it changes everything the way i look at other people mm-hmm. and it's only I I can only truly love and appreciate others if I can do that for myself, and that's okay. yeah. What do you? I usually ask, or I mean, I haven't really asked anybody that specifically as far as finding ways of progressing through self care or um, structure, or maybe it's your support group, the people around you, um, or maybe finding a mentor or a leader. But a lot of people, in my opinion, have roadblocks or like limitations uh-huh. for one example someone has kids mm-hmm. and they can't really do what they want to do to i guess improve themselves whether yeah. it's physically or mentally right so whether they give you the excuse of saying oh well i have three kids so i mean yeah my life is pretty much that right or they say well i have a job i have bills debt yes yeah. a past in me that's going to be the limit to me progressing yeah. so i don't see your point terrell or i don't see your point yeah i mean what do you say to those people who are kind of i would say the yeah so what, what would you i would say i think all i think all that any of us can do for someone else is just be just be a loving accepting human being and and just you know that i I accept that everybody else is doing what they can. I think we all do. We all do what we can. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, you know, I was there when I was 18, you know, I was drinking all the beer that I could right, <laughs> and, and doing all those things. And then, you know, and then you, you go through life and you have kids and, you know, and that's your focus and you're, you know, climbing that career ladder that makes some of us crazy and, the pursuit of money and all that stuff but I think I guess and so here I am I'm doing what I can that's why I do that's why I'm interested in this that's why I'm interested in discovering the truth of myself and the and the innate value in myself because because I can for you know for whatever reason I'm this human that's seen and done and gone and all these things but you know and I got I got fired from this job so and that made me become a a self-employed person Mm -hmm. that enabled me to have my time to do what I wanted and it just it and and so I stop and I reflect and I and I've always been a a person that's reflected and I've always, I think I've always been a person that's believed that there was something just kind of believed in the, in the 
basic goodness and value of myself and that but that that was all the things that my mind was getting involved with were just you know created a lot of suffering within myself and and I struggled for years to to find that all I have is myself and that this is all I am this is all I'll ever be from the day that I was born till the day I die this whatever this is inside my skin in my mind and my heart this is and and I'm and I'm that right now okay and I'm gonna be I was that when I was three and I'll be that when I was you know when I'm old and and can't hardly do anything or mm-hmm. when I'm basically dead it's to me that's kind of like the ultimate the ultimate understanding is that this is all I am you know we like to think that God and success and job and we like to think all these things are something but really i am all there i'm the only thing right right yeah and i I think it's a um (laughs) hate to use this word but it's a it's a bitch to find out that even when you get to that point i mean you still have to live in a form of reality Mm -hmm. so i would say personally i totally get it i don't have a life experience that you have uh you have kids right yeah, yeah. You do. That's three right. kids um so and, uh, I, I can't really speak on that experience but for me i've understood the roadblocks in the mind that i gave myself that i mean i wouldn't have been able to break down or get past if it wasn't for long suffering <laughs> yeah and i say long suffering in a way that um i mean i chose my path uh, about a year and a half ago in what I'm doing and to get to this point I mean no one no one's going to make you do it unless you want to do it and long suffer is modern or I would say stress anxiety depression is basically modern day suffering mm-hmm. and yeah. you don't really grow without it so even if you're running away from it mm-hmm. I mean you're going to be in fear of fear so I think one thing uh, yeah. that I like to remind myself in every moment that either the self-doubter or the old scared Terrell comes out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to remind myself, TK, I mean, you're not that person anymore. You're fearless. I mean, even if somebody or something did approach you right now, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been using this term lately, but deep down, I mean, I am a creating beast. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you read the stuff I read, I even look back at some of my writing and say, I wrote that like, Mm-hmm. And then a lot of a lot of the stuff has changed, but getting to the point of being aware of who you are, I mean, it takes a lot of work, and it only really becomes meaningful, and you kind of learn to respect yourself once you see yourself overcoming the pain, yeah, the hurt, and even when you can look it in the eye and still be happy, I mean, that's kind of when you really know you've made it. I always say, uh, I just wrote, I was, I mean, I'm writing a, I mean, I'm writing editing bourgeoisie right now and one of the biggest things is um creating happiness above pain and suffering Mm -hmm. so you can't run from pain and suffering that's just what life is about what it is is kind of becoming that guardian eagle Mm -hmm. who soars above it every day Mm -hmm. because i mean like you said you are what you are Mm -hmm. you can't really control anything outside of you you connect with people you trust or Mm -hmm. you 
you know, like I was mentioning earlier, you find a mentor out of respect, but a lot of it is yourself. And I'm writing a book on that, actually, uh, that we're talking about the, the functional model in the brain. And a lot of people don't really understand how to get there. Yeah. Um, because it's different for everybody. I mean, especially with whatever your life circumstances is. I mean, a lot of self-help is out there. And you just got to find the one that really tunes to what you make, what makes you happy. Yeah. Love, happiness. It's pretty much all the same. Actually, you know, I want to, I want to say this. I learned, I learned something a couple of weeks ago and there's really only four moods in reality. There's pleasant, unpleasant, and then there's calm and then there's aroused. Mm-hmm. So like you can interpret those in different type of anxieties, whether it's fear, shame, guilt, whatever happiness. Right. But it's really about, finding for me personally the middle ground yeah like how do you right not get too excited because what's going to follow after excitement is kind of this loss of dopamine and serotonin and then you get depressed i mean yeah. after i write i get depressed <laughs> i'm not gonna yeah. lie like that's why I, I smoked i smoked a lot of marijuana after writing last year but i, I stopped doing that because i mean i kind of got hooked onto it mm-hmm. so kind of want to find a middle ground and through meditation has helped. I meditate up to an hour a day. So yeah, that's really kind of brought me to, it makes a big difference. Yeah. It, it's brought me to this content, content middle ground. Yeah. I would say so. And some people need people to meditate with. That's fine. I mean, if, if you find calmness and peace in other ways, I would just say, as long as you know how to get there and not let other people, interrupt it or interfere with it. Yeah. I mean, it's all about protecting your own peace and happiness. If your job isn't helping you, then it's time to get a new job. Yeah. I can't say about that a family, but you could, (laughs) but (laughs) not everybody wants to leave their family, but that's, that's kind of the, the realities of going into what you will think is happiness and it's just more pain and suffering. But on the other side, there's, there's a greater, there's a greater good. Yeah. Say I'm living proof of it. Yeah. So. It's all good. Yeah. I think that's the, you know, the amazing thing is that this can all be good, right? Yeah. Doesn't matter regardless of, and that's, yeah, it's just amazing. I mean, you know, the only, the only reason we suffer is that because we misunderstand it's because we misunderstand that you know we misunderstand that we or we perceive that there's all these things in the world that matter when none of that none of that truly matters the the only thing that matters is what's going on what's going on inside of me mm-hmm. and how am i and, and am i caring for that being and I'm a, do I you know am I loving that being? Um, I had the thought that I don't know it was just in the last day or so or a couple of days. I'm always kind of processing this, my experience, and the and it and and just just trying to be in tune to trying to turn my mind to minding myself and just how I'm feeling and and all that. And, uh, but that, you know, these, I don't know, these funny little discomfort, discomforting feelings that we have about, you know, just anything or everything, these 
I think. I mean, that for me, you know, there's just funny little weird feelings where we're repulsed by this or bothered by that or whatever. I think all that is is, you know, we 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 perceive it to be that person that's bothering us, but it's in, in reality, or for me, it's kind of like I'm realizing that no, that's it's not about them. It's about me. It's my. It's it's how I, f- it's how I feel. I'm, I, and I think a big word that stands out is discrimination. Hmm. I'm discriminating, you know, just to discriminate against anything, uh, between, you know, all, the ultimate discrimination is between people, you know, and the discrimination, are, you know, there's certainly, you know, racial discrimination is obvious, but the, you know, the one that. I think is more intense in our society is just class discrimination and you know people that don't have anything are nothing and that you know that is just such a absurd way of thinking I mean it's just that is just so yeah it's wicked it's uh I was yeah no I totally agree and I I used to think the same way I when I was working downtown yeah I worked downtown for about seven eight years and for a while I mean even back in college there would be transients bums on campus uh but working downtown I've seen it a lot more I mean Portland's gotten worse I even see it around here oh yeah I mean I'm in um southeast Portland and the i mean it, it's it's getting bad and my my i have this crazy dream that one day these people will get their shit together <laughs> yeah. and be happy because yeah. i feel like i was i could have been there easily i mean yeah. i was an emotional wreck for and people didn't even know it for years sure i kind of kept it quiet but a lot of it was me identifying with my moods and kind of labeling myself saying this is who i am but that's not, I mean, your mood is a mood. It's kind of like a visitor of a, mm-hmm. a thing. I mean, it's just a passing of a wave, mm-hmm. whether it's good or bad, it's, it's just going to pass. Mm-hmm. So kind of going back to the, the, the classism thing, I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of it is just people not knowing where to get help. Um, I, I mean, in a lot of the, the homeless people, those are kind of individual situations that, I mean, there's no one mass reason why there's so many more homeless people, whether it's mental or drugs or not. I mean, there's there's stats out there, but I think everybody has to be looked at at a very individual basis or case. Yeah. Um, but I I, I kind of broke that hierarchy of, you know, I'm better because mm-hmm. I'm in school or I'm here. I got a house. Yeah. Um, I got a. I I mean, I'm. I got my shit together, but right. for me, that's all just a, what a word did I just use? Hierarchy? Yeah. I mean, as humans, we do discriminate. Like you said, like we have a, yeah. we have layers of where we put people in society. Yeah. Like politicians are here. Yeah. Rich people are here. And then there's transients and bombs down here. Yeah. If you do this, you're down here. Um, it's like, there's a big mass of people. There's a big mass of people who put you in a bubble mm-hmm. when they find out find out you do something that they're against. So it's like you're automatically X out of their circle mm-hmm. if they find out that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. 
you have a criminal past or you have you're broke or if you have money you might even be like okay he's a rich bastard or he's like he's there, there. Yeah. yeah and that's all i mean that's or you're all. just coming from you're just a different person yeah exactly i mean you're just and that's you know, all it's like prove it i mean it's on paper but paper is what is what's on paper yeah. that's form the mind forms what's on paper and it's it's all of our it's all in our brain patterns and kind of how we're brought up but that's also a, a functional thing for most people and i mean i don't I, I don't identify with being anything other than a human being with darker skin than you yeah um i mean race is a thing racism is, is a thing I mean, what do you think about it's like, unfortunate? Yeah, it is. It is unfortunate, and I, I wish people would kind of see it. Yeah, the way There's, I see it, even though it, that probably won't be the case, because I mean, we all we all experience racism on a different level every day. Yeah, um, because I work from home at the moment, and I don't go into a, a job. I don't see what's really going out there. But I mean, I watch the news for about thirty minutes every day, and mm. that's about it. That's, I mean, it's just. More than enough. More, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I only watch the news now because I have a crush on a weather lady, so that's one of the reasons why. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good reason. But uh, yeah, other than have other than that, I mean, I just try to keep up with what's going on in society. And Facebook is Facebook is one beast of its own. So I mean, yeah. I think if people were really cognizant of like how they're identifying things outside of their own comfort zone if they were kind of more of aware of it mm-hmm. i mean maybe they would be on the right path but when you look at i mean i personally get on facebook once a day if not every other day mm-hmm. just for like you know promotional bullshit or whatever but um i i, I look at it and i try not to judge anybody because once i realize i'm judging somebody then i'm in that same bucket it's like yes yeah, you know it's like okay i can you know that's just their situation there there's, there's a reason they're probably looking at my status is like, what the hell is this talking about? You know, like most people don't understand what I write about, but a lot of it has to do with just being cognitively aware of your own thought processes. And yeah, it's a journey to get to that understanding. And I encourage anybody to try it. You might lose a couple of dollars. You might lose some friends around you, but it's kind of the price you pay for happiness sometimes. Yeah. I think it's, I had a thought yesterday that writers are interesting people because they, you know, they stop and think things through and more, you know, much more so than most of us. And just that, you know, stopping and thinking and that, it just makes you aware of what's going on or at least you know you're you're at least aware of something yeah rather than just the thinking is a gift and a curse yeah um, if you don't know how to control it it's it's definitely a curse because that's kind of where your anxiety comes in the anxiety leads to mood mood leads to depression mm-hmm. and then once you're stuck in that i mean like i was mentioned earlier if you don't have a mentor a support group or some way to find some type of fulfillment out of that, then yeah, you're going to be in that bucket of being depressed. Yeah. And then what's going to happen is, <clears throat> I mean, you'll be dysfunctional. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say if it takes a very long time to channel 
negative thoughts, negative moods. I mean, if it has to do with a certain situation, what is financial or financial or uh, family, that's a whole nother story. But understanding yourself first is kind of where it starts. Oh yeah, you know. So that's all there is to understand, yeah. really. That's yeah. the. I think the challenge, the challenge of being a human being, is this mind that we have, that sees, you know, it's so just, it's so taken by everything that's going on in the mm-hmm. world, and it, you know, and it becomes, it's just taken, and it becomes infatuated, and when, but if you stop enough and and turn your attention to yourself, you realize that. This is all there is. This is this is it for me. I am me. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing I want to talk about is um, ego, but um, I think it's scary too, though, because I've had panic attacks kind of come into this realization. Mm-hmm. I haven't had one in a while, but panic attacks around coming to terms of who and what I am mm-hmm. and I think once you break that break that understanding of you know you're not really stuck in corporate America for the rest of your life you're not stuck in a depressing situation for the rest of your life mm-hmm. it's a choice to get out of it mm-hmm. if you think you don't have a choice then you're shooting yourself in the foot I mean it might be hard I mm-hmm. mean it's hard to get out of it mm-hmm. but you have to decide to in every moment and you might have a good day. You might have a bad day, but understand like it's, it's a, it's a very long journey. I think of life as, you know, you wake up, I mean, you're born or even every day. I always say birth is to life as morning is today or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Morning is to life as birth is today. So you wake up every morning. It's a very new day. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no same day. I mean, we're all moving along up a journey in time. And if you want to go back to yesterday, that's your choice. I mean, it's very hard to change your mind, but understand that every day is a new day. I mean, we're in 2020. I ran, I literally ran through midnight because I was sick for about a week and just had to run. Mm -hmm. And about 1144, I started running. And then I stopped running about 1230 after midnight, January 1st, 2020. And I stopped running. I was like, damn, we're in 2020. Mm-hmm. Like it's a new time. Like I remember just ten years ago. I was or like, huh? Or not? Or or it's not. It's just you. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I like that. <laughs> it's not. There's nothing different. It's just you. No, that's very very true. That's very very true. But that's very. I I like how you. I like how you said that because for me it was like we're going into a new uh, a new year. But the thing is, time is all in the head, too. Like, mm-hmm. we're all kind of recreating yeah. the days. And that's why I say, like, you wake up to a new day. It's a new you. I mean, I hate to say this, but a lot of people are on the decline because they think age is, I mean, you age every day. Right. But you can actually progress as well. I mean, oh, yeah. you look at some of these people, I think, I didn't really watch the entire Super Bowl, but, or the halftime show, uh, J-Lo was, mm-hmm. I think she's 50. Did you watch the Super Bowl halftime show? I didn't. She's 50 and looks like she's fucking 25. Right. Like, you talk about decline. Like, most people are like, well, I'm just sitting over here trying to figure out. It's like, well, it sounds like 
I'm not even going to say money was her thing, but I mean, she made a decision to not decline. Yeah. That's a very extreme example because JLo is JLo, but she's focused. I don't, I don't really put, yeah, exactly. Very focused. Yeah. I don't want to put that label on her and say she's only in that category. She's only in that position in life because of her money and fame, but understand that. Mm. I mean, she's human. It's her thing. Yeah. She has a group or she has people around her. It's her thing. But again, it kind of ties into my point in that, I mean, even if you are 55 or 60, I mean, you can change your life. Like, it'll be difficult because once you're in that age, I mean, you can probably speak to that better than me, but mm-hmm. it's like, I think anybody can improve at any point in your life. And that's just my belief. I mean, yeah, I mean, if there's, if yeah, yeah, there's working out. I mean, there's, there's science around it. You can do it till you take your last breath. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's my game. <laughs> that's, that's my intention. It's I say just, breathing is a big thing too, like breathing, like taking a deep breath in every moment. Like it's, mm-hmm. I mean, I, like I said, like with panic attacks, I thought I was dying. I thought I was dead in my last yeah. panic attack. <laughs> like I, I, would, I would literally realize I wasn't breathing. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's not being good. Being grateful for a breath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> being grateful for being able to take a breath, you will hit a reality check right away. Yeah. Like the fact that we can breathe and be ourselves and just enjoy everything around us. It's very simple to do, but like I said earlier, it's it's not easy. To no, it takes get to that a point, lot of no. practice. Yeah, I mean it's just practice, practice. We, you know, we become involved with all these things that go on in the world, and it, you know, and we, you know, we it's it's kind of compulsive, right? We just kind of react to. Well, it's you know when you're. 18 and you're drinking beer and then when you're a few years later you're like well i guess i gotta try to make a living somehow you know so yeah college and you work and you climb the ladder and you have some kids and you know look around and and wonder wonder what's going on um you mentioned ego and I guess, <laughs> to me, it's, you know, ego is just, it's all what the mind does. It's all from the mind. And it's all one. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's what goes on in your mind and ego, and it's it's all kind of that. It's just that, what the mind does. But, um, and I always, I'm forever trying to, distill this thing that I am down into the simplest possible terms and and the way I look at there's mind and then there's myself and um, it's myself that this is what this self is what I am and this self you know it's 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 just what I am. It's in my it's my heart, my soul, my my everything. It's everything I am. The the mind is part of that, and the mind is just an instrument. I th- I believe that the the mind is an instrument that should be used to serve the self, and that like a like a waiter or, a, uh, you know, just it's 
the mind should be working for the heart to uh, to just care for the heart and yeah. to serve serve this being that uh, has you know a little bit of time to enjoy what's going on here and then I I kind of looked at ego as well for me I'm a was a psychology major um in understanding how the brain functions and all the physiological or I don't know if I said that word right but mm-hmm. physically internally you 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 have a um I forgot what the scientific term for ego is but it's a strain right here Mm-hmm. And it's kind of where your conscious or your awareness is taken. So what it does is think about consciousness as a feedback loop. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly getting feedback from your environment. And that's what consciousness is. Is Consciousness is pretty much everything around you. So you have an ego <clears throat> or this muscle inside your brain that basically identifies with things. Mm-hmm. So it really takes you on a whirlwind. Of really fucking yeah, with you. Identifying. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you identify with issues, problems, people, race, everything, politics. Everything. Yeah. Clothes, cars. Exactly. And like you were just saying, you have yourself, your inner being, which is, I think there's some historical fact that early on humans thought the brain or the heart was down here. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot to say about that. And when I say down here, I mean like your your gut. Yeah. They always say follow your gut feeling. Well, that's kind of the vehicle to where you need to be moving to. So Mm -hmm. if you kind of an analogy I like to use is your brain and eyes are kind of like the headlights of life. They kind of let you see where you're going. Yeah. But it's really kind of powered and propelled by what's down here. Yeah. Or it's kind of. Yeah, it, it, or I guess in other words, it's it's more of the survival well, survival tactic. I mean, it you kind of need you know, them both. Yeah, because I think I think it is. I mean, whether we are aware of it or not, it is our heart, our soul, our self that is running the show, right? And but then passion, that intensity that each of us has within us comes in conflict with all this neediness of the mind needing to identify with that car and this kind of person and you know this job and Mm -hmm. that that that's where to me you know this suffering all this and suffering that I've done in my life it's all as a result of my heart you know, my mind was distracted by all this stuff. And I think my heart was sitting there going, look, dumbass, <laughs> what it's no, it's here. And I, you know, and I had no idea what the hell that was yeah. until, you know, not too very long ago when I realized that it's me and it's only me. It's not, it's not all that stuff. And it's not all that stuff that my mind is so, you know, my mind just, yeah, you think about the stuff that your mind, you know, like when you have a dream and the stuff that your mind, well, just all the stuff your mind imagines, it's like, really? (laughs) What is that all about? It just, it does that all by itself. Dreaming is like boundless journeying to like the cosmo, 
cosmic like wacky stuff yeah like i used to have i used to have moods after certain dreams but then i realized dreams don't mean anything it's like watching youtube yeah <laughs> it's like oh whoa <laughs> yeah no like people like to interpret their dreams i used to uh, even i've experimented with lucid dreaming i don't know if anybody knows what that is but lucid dreaming is basically projecting what you want to dream about mm. and it, it's it's crazy I, I challenge anybody to try it google it lucid dreamings but it's a uh, it's basically where you before you go to bed you kind of focus on a certain task or thing or i don't know goal yeah and it, once you start getting used to it, you have to clear your mind first before you go to bed. So you can't go to bed on YouTube. <laughs> can't go to bed on social media. Right. Um, but lucid dreaming is basically about channeling your thoughts before you go to bed. And you end up having, I mean, I've had dreams where I visualize certain things and they happen the next day, good and bad. Mm-hmm. Some didn't happen at all. But um, understanding that even when you, naturally you don't do that at all. Like Like you just mentioned, like your dreams are, wacky as shit most of the time and mm-hmm. for me that was always leading me into I mean anything random moods in the morning because of my dreams <laughs> and I used to be when I was kind of going through my my uh what I want to call those days my emotional suicidal practices of writing in my journal hating life like I used to be afraid of dreams because if they were good, I would wake up and say, ah, back to this shit. Or if they were bad, I would be like, okay, that's going to happen now. Or like, that's happening. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is kind of just us, again, identifying with the moods and al- allowing ourselves to fall into what we think or think may not be real. And once you kind of get to a point that, for the most part, you do control your moods. I mean... People who think that they don't live in their own reality. I mean, I think one of the biggest reality checks recently was the death of Kobe Bryant and um, in the helicopter crash. And that there really is no, I mean, life is just life. Yeah. I mean, there, death has no name. Love has no name. It happens. I mean, it happens. So, like, when you start identifying with what's happening in your life, and kind of tying it back to, I mean, what you think is real or whatnot. I mean, mm-hmm. stuff like last Sunday happens, and you're like, whoa, okay, where are we really? Yeah. Well, we're on a rock that's been rotating for millions of years, and in reality, we're new. Oh, yeah. I mean, humans are, we've been here for a while, but like you said earlier, I think we're just evolving to kind of understand, like, what this really is. And if you think about the historical times, like the Egyptians, the the Romans, the, the Greeks, all that yeah. stuff. Like, I mean, they had gods that, I mean, I, I was um, reading up about the, the Greek gods, and those guys are crazy yeah. as shit. Like, and we, you know, I mean, the, and we, me, you, mm-hmm. we get to make this whatever we want, right? True. We can be J-Lo or we can be (laughs) Kobe or we can be, you know, us. I mean, and that's, and that's all we get to do is Mm -hmm. just, uh, is just us. And it's, and I think we're all, and we're all, 
and we're and we're all the same. We're we are we're all just these simple loving beings, or you know, these beings that have the ability to love. Yeah, and I mean, that is an incredible thing. What do you think? Um, I know one of the we, we I always hear we live in the most segregated times, and kind of going back to. Um, it really, it really did hurt me to hear about Kobe and the pilot and the two kids that were on board. And oh, um, like that that was like, people. huh? It's like nine people. Yeah, nine people. That Boom. that actually really, but that, that was the biggest reality check. And I mean, that's you know, that's what happens yeah. when helicopter. I mean, those things crash. It happens, and, I, and I, <laughs> they go I up, they come pe- down. You know, people who knows? look for answers. Those in people certain- in our, uh, Turkish airliner that got you know shot down by the Iranians it's like oh my god and I think moments like that really kind of bring us into reality and that you know it's kind of goes back to like what really brings people together to Mm -hmm. love and accept each other and it's unfortunate that you know we kind of see that you know LA is I've been to LA several times and never lived there but you kind of hear a lot about segregation and yeah I mean LA has its history Portland has its history. Yeah, America is segregated; it still is. Um, personally, I I don't really give into that notion, even though I know it's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, for you, though, however, what do you, what do you see? Like, I mean, there, there's certain things that bring us together, like yeah. music, deaths, um, sports. Yeah, like with racism and classism and all that stuff. Like, what's your experience with it? For one. Yeah, like with racism, I would say, I, I, specifically racism. Yeah, but like, kind of to follow up on that, I'll probably ask it again. But what do you think? Not necessarily what the answer is, but where do you think it kind of goes from here with your understanding and like, yeah. I guess people kind of reinventing reality, not reinventing reality checks, but kind of seeing what really goes on in this life. And yeah, I think that. It's all just unfortunate as hell that we, that each of us, you know, I mean, if I think this is what you and I, I think this is what, this is what we all learn when we look at ourselves and we realize that, you know, this is all I am is this being that cares for life. Just like I was when I was three years old, you know, take a picture, look at a picture of yourself when you're three year old and that's, you're the same person. You're the same person, you're the same being now. Mm-hmm. And that, and if you can, I think if you can get in tune with that and look in yourself and see that, you can see that there is no difference between me and you and the homeless guy and the and and the and the you know i mean how do i i i look at my life and you know i've been so blessed by so many people that i mean literally you know and starting with my parents and my grandparents and i lived with my grandparents you know they were 60 years old and i lived with them when i was uh, my mom died when i was one and so we went to live with my grandparents and that was a, I think, a game changer for me. Um, you know, I was the youngest of five kids. 
I was a year and a half old, but, and the experiences of, you know, my experience was different than, you know, I had a sister a year older, another one, two years older and two older brothers. And, you know, their experience was quite different because of their age and their experience with their mother and that they didn't have a mother anymore and that, and all that. But my grandparents were pretty extraordinary and, you know, in a, uh, just from a, uh, I don't know, just, they were progressive, I guess is how you describe them. And they were about, you know, it really was my grandmother that, that, uh, she was an extraordinary person and she made that, I mean, that's the way she lived her life was by serving other people and caring for other people, regardless of what they looked like or how much money they had. And Mm -hmm. anyway, I think that, I don't know, that kind of became part of me, I think. And yeah, it's, and it's just really unfortunate. I think that, I think it's a, it's, it's kind of a natural thing for us to be, I, I think it's natural for us to, uh, you know, to be uncomfortable for one, and then to move toward a more comfortable place or a place that's like, you know, like, you know, and to live in a neighborhood that is like, you know, the one that I grew up in or, you know what I mean? I mean, I think that's a natural thing. It's natural for, and that's, again, that's something the mind does. The mind is always looking and measuring and comparing. It's like this calculator, you know, it's always, and it's discriminating all the time. It's discriminating against that chair and that car and that person. And, and it just, it, it never ends. But I think if there's only one solution to all these problems, and it's if we live our lives from our heart, from our loving heart, we can't go wrong. We, that's, that's the one solution. The mind has a million issues and problems and that it is trying to solve and thinks that, you know, the world's coming to end because of all those things, but it's not. (laughs) The only thing that's going on is, uh, and that's the unfortunate thing is, you know, or that's the challenge of being a human being is to turn that attention you know, to slow the mind down long enough to turn it and turn it to see the loving heart that is in each one of us. And we're all the same. I don't care who anybody, everybody, the worst Donald Trump to the whatever. It's, you know, we're, you know, we do what, you know, Donald Trump does what he knows. He, you know, that's the bullshit he grew up with, you know. Uh, he didn't grow, he grew up in a different household than I did. Because. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you think, um, you mentioned your grandma. What was, do you know her upbringing, by the way? Yeah, it was, it was actually pretty extraordinary. She, she was born in 1901 and her, she lived I think she was actually born in, like, Toronto. And both of her parents were Irish, Catholic-type people. And and then they were living, 
she had two younger brothers and then they were living in New York City and or near there near the city and her mother got TB and tuberculosis for tuberculosis <laughs> and that was a thing back then that killed lots of people and turns out I guess uh, drier climates are better for TB people with TB I don't know how that works but anyway so they moved to like Colorado like Denver or something to try to be in a healthier healthier environment for her and then she you know eventually she died I don't know when you know how long that lasted but and then when my grandma was like eight I want to say that was when her mom died and then her dad got a job at like Myron Frank in Portland who's like an accountant kind of a guy I think and so he they came here and he put the kids in basically an orphanage or it was the Providence Hospital organization grew out of a uh, St. Joseph's in Vancouver it's like a church over there St. Joseph's mm -hmm. or whatever that's where the Providence organization grew out of that facility there and they had like a orphanage and a you know boarding school and all that stuff and I think those kids stayed there for a couple of years so until their dad got remarried and then they moved uh they had a and he had a house in Multnomah and then when he got married and then the kids moved they basically stayed there until he got married and I think it was a couple of years that they were anyway so they were there doing whatever they do at the boarding school and with these nuns right these nuns were taking care of them and I think I'm just you know speculating but those nuns became a you know made a big impression on her and she anyway so they got and then uh dad got remarried and then they had like uh he had like three more kids with that woman and elizabeth was her name um and then my grandma you know she went to school at saint mary's in portland and and all that and uh it was interest kind of interesting so um so she was she lived in Portland. She had another friend named May that was in her class, also lived in Portland. And then another friend named Madge. Another uh, she was actually from Eastern Oregon, this Madge. So she was boarding like in Portland and going to school at St. Mary's. Mm -hmm. You know, lived her folks lived on a cattle ranch in eastern Oregon and uh and then there was one girl from St. Paul's, a little farming community here south of Portland. That's kind of where I live now. There was a, a woman, uh, I think it was Mary McKay. Um, she was going to St. Mary's too, right? And they all became friends, and eventually they all went out to St. Paul, and these three girls from out of town ended up marrying these three Smith boys from St. Paul. They all like triple married, all brothers. They married <laughs> these three brothers. Wait, so they were like, 
<laughs> is that so my grandma married this this smith and then these two her two other friends end up marrying these two other smith brothers anyway it's kind of crazy <laughs> she became a and then she was actually she first she was first out there before she got married for a couple of years as a school teacher so she taught in like a one-room schoolhouse a couple different ones out there in the country right but she was always kind of a progressive activist person <laughs> that's interesting yeah I, I, but, but, you know, but I mean, I mean, I say all that and I'm just, uh, I mean, it just blows me away to think of, you know, what that's all been shared with me. Mm -hmm. That's, that's all. And, you know, that's in myself, that's in my heart and that, you know, just what a, what a blessing that is. It just, I mean, it just blows me away. You know, when you think how the, you know, the other side of the coin, you know, the people that are so, you know, grow up in unfortunate situation. I mean, it's, it just kind of blows me away, really. You know, and it makes me, it's humbling. Yeah, I, the reason why I ask, I'm always curious to understand people's, relationship with their grandparents because my yeah. grandma probably had the one of the bigger influences on me besides my mom and my dad ironically after he passed it was his influence that kind of took kind of took me for a ride after because I kind of to really understand who he was mm -hmm. and what he stood for because when he was alive I didn't really get much out of him mm -hmm. even though he raised me yeah but my grandma however I mean, she, I, I, I understood her journey and past through people. I mean, I used to go over there during the summertime and eat breakfast at her house, and she was ruthless. <laughs> My grandma was complete opposite of yours, it sounds like. Like, she went to church. Mm -hmm. She went to a Baptist church. Um, but understanding what she went through as a mom, she had 13 kids. She was having wow. kids back to back to back. Yeah. Um, most of my aunts and uncles are about, I think between a year and a year, year and a half apart Yeah, between like probably 80 and I don't know. I think the youngest is probably about 60, 65. Right. But she was basically popping out babies and she survived. I mean, they Amazing. called her a beast. And yeah. I would have never known unless I was asking people, but so talk about her is like, she was, she was mean. Mm -hmm. My grandma was mean. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she killed somebody in her lifetime. It's like mm. she grew up in the South. I mean, yeah. Her, um, her grandpa, I, he he died. Um, I believe he. Uh, I want to say he he died in the car mm -hmm. with the car on in the garage. Okay. Um, maybe suicide. They don't know. Mm. But understanding like where they come from, and for me as a child, mm -hmm. all I saw in her was like pure joy and happiness because she didn't she never showed that side to me yeah um but she did show it when like somebody disrespected her or, like, interesting i saw like she once threatened to kill my cousin really <laughs> yeah <laughs> and she slapped my cousin like she was ruthless like but it all makes sense though like if you grew up a certain way and you just you're you're pretty much in survival mode yeah fierce and, um, i mean and i and i see it in me in a lot 
but with kindness in a way mm-hmm. because it's like I, I kind of look at it like um, kind of like how Batman and Joker are opposites one is the result of a Joker is the result of a bad past mm-hmm. and deciding to go bad but being yourself like he, Joker is probably the happiest evil man character yeah. created I think but, that but then Batman's like the the same because yeah. his parents were shot and killed in front of him had a good upbringing but like he had one bad day, but still decided to go the positive way. I mean, he yeah. lived outside of society in the way that Gotham was his um, yeah his village. He wanted to protect, but the spin complete, I would put on that is side, like Joker was like fuck you guys, right? Is <laughs> like the spin I put on it is like I think I think we've all we're all like this three year old kid, right? Mm-hmm. in if you get right inside of us and we're all you know we're that kid sitting there just peaceful and kind and 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 just you know smiling at the world yeah but then shit happens right whether you know it's your parents it's your what you know all the shit that happens in in our lives that and 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 that's what, you know, the violence, the... the kind of like the ego reacting to The them? mental like illness. Mind, thinking that you have to survive and then you go into like a, a negative reaction or you just kind of like give into your mood, maybe? I think it's just, it, it's, it just, it, it just hurts. It hurts, you know, it, it's like, God, you know, it's like you're sitting there going, I'm just this peaceful loving little person and you're fucking up my whole world (laughs) you're you know yeah you're saying oh i gotta get a you know i gotta do this and i gotta do that i gotta you know and it's kind of like and 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 a lot of it's not good right like you're you know if you asked your grandma how many kids she wanted to have you know it was you know it was a different time then when you know it was like and you know i i can guarantee you know especially out on the farm or whatever you know kids were like livestock you know they were like the more you had to help you do this job the better off you were but it was, it was <laughs> but but i just i i just think that you know we i think we're all this you know this beautiful being and then shit happens and it's and to some of us a lot of shit happens and you just stack and and some of us you know uh, there's people there that reach out their hand you know they grab you by the hand and they say oh you know or you know that not literally but the way they live their life you see them and you go oh shit i can do that mm-hmm. you know like this person that just is walk you know there's this bullshit storm going on but this person just walking right through it and going yeah you know i don't know well yeah no so life is we mentioned earlier awareness so um one 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 thing i've always thought about in like my future probably won't happen just because i enjoy being around people who get me um or if you don't, I, I love to talk yeah. to people and say why, 
why not? But my, my thing is, you know, you, you think about these um, Buddhist monks that spend their entire lives in the highlands yeah. meditating until death. Yeah. Uh, well, why do you think they do that? I think they do that because they know what it is. It's like you, like to understand a monk or not even a monk. I mean, you, you can label them whatever. But what they do is they literally, I mean, if you go on the internet, there are literally monks in mummy form of like a meditation form. Like they literally gave up food because they know what it is. It's like they know that whatever they do, I mean, things are just happening to them and they react. So they choose to leave and just say, I'm going to be this being and just sit here until death because I can for one they yeah. can they have nothing else obligated to do I mean mm-hmm. and for one they've kind of seen past what this world is about and it's impossible oh, well I would say it's impossible it's very difficult to see that nature of life if you are in corporate America yeah it's very hard to see that nature of life yeah if your world has been religion Christianity Catholic whatever yeah um I like and I have it. nothing against. I just want to throw something in there. Yeah. You're talking about corporate. You know, like for me, I said I got fired from a job and it was, you know, I'm not who, I'm not the person I am right now today if that didn't happen. Right. True. Right. This guy, I mean, this guy fired me, made up reasons to fire me. And he says, you know, I just, I can't handle this anymore. And I said, are you serious? Really? Uh, I was like, whatever. So, um, but so it was a sales job, right? And I liken it to being on a merry-go-round and you're hanging on the merry-go-rounds went spinning. And if you're doing that job, you got to hang on and it, you know, that's, you're just in that and you're hanging on. Yep. But then when he fired me, I stepped off the merry-go-round and the, you know, the world stopped spinning and I looked around and I was like, you know, it was, it was different, yeah. right? It was, I had this freedom to, to see what I was. It's so funny you say that. I, uh, I think that was kind of the root of my depression for a very long time and kind of, so one of the, one of the biggest moments in realizing that I wasn't happy so I made a lot of I made good money from pretty much about a year after college up until I left my last corporate job mm-hmm. and I was able to pretty much get to where I'm at today through corporate America so I don't have anything against it but one thing that one of the biggest moments I'll always remember this it was summer 2017 I'd gotten back from Vegas I had the best weekend of my life in Vegas mm-hmm. uh, went for a friend's birthday and um Partied. I was a little hungover, obviously, just kind of coming down from <laughs> yeah. the club scenes, the heat, the sun, the pool. And it was Sunday evening. I think I had to go back to work on Tuesday, maybe. It was, yeah. But I was, I had so much, like, anxiety and so much, like, oh, I just wasn't comfortable. But I was thinking back the past weekend, I was like, I had the best time of my life. Why am I so depressed? Like, what is going on? And um, I thought it was the alcohol, but then Monday I felt the same way because I think I took that Monday off. Yeah. Um, just to recoup, and then I wasn't, I wasn't happy. But then it wasn't until about maybe about a month later, or about a year later, I realized, or maybe it was a month later, I realized 
the reason why I'm feeling this way is because my world is kind of going right back on that what you just said the merry-go-round yeah i have to kind of recalibrate it's like oh shit i gotta recalibrate back to my reality which is a building corporate okay we're back from a quick break but what i was referring to was understanding my anxiety after that vegas trip and realizing why i was feeling that way and it was kind of just like i was saying recalibrating back to where my reality was and it was a place I didn't want to be. So that was the reality check in um, that summer. And it was actually about a couple months later when I actually realized that I wanted something better. So I went into aviation and then a year after that, I went into self-employment and started writing full time. So that's kind of my quick journey of understanding like the process and, um, understanding of where I wanted to be in life. And like you were just saying earlier about how when you are on that merry-go-round, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't really realize what it's doing to you yeah. until you're outside of it. So once you leave that merry-go-round, you're literally in a whole new world. Yeah. You're literally in a whole new, it's like from the river to the sea. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a song. Yeah. From the river to the sea. And I think it's, yeah. it's like, and that's what, I think happens when we meditate. I mean, it's simply you're stopping to look at what this is. You know, that's, and you, when you're spinning, you can't, you know, you're going, doing, I mean, it's all great and everything, but it, it can't last forever. And I think that, you know, I think certain of us are, you know, we have this, uh, you know, there's something inside of us that that won't let us, I don't know, well, uh, at some point we have to get off the merry-go-round. Yeah. There's something inside us that, that says, you know, this is bullshit, and I've, I owe it to myself to find a better way. You know, yeah, it's you know, once you kind of hit that point in life, um, I mean, it's it's some people refer to it as abundance, it's just you know, you're free. Um, you know, I watched that movie Harriet, yeah, it's Harriet, mm-hmm. the, um, Harriet Tubman, Harriet, Harriet Tubman, yeah, and you know, she had a very deep connection with herself. I think she also had a lot of, um, I think she had a, uh, what do you call it? Epilepsy. She had episodes where she would have visions. Oh. But I think she was really oh, deep. right. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was really deeply rooted into her inner being and herself. Yeah. So when she was freeing slaves, I mean, she was literally breaking their mind and their stigma of this is it. Slavery is it. Mm-hmm. And she would say, no, let's go. No. I, have a, I have a deep calling. There's another way. Yeah. And she would literally take them into fear and save them. Um, and also understanding that movie is kind of also just it, it, either you work in fear or you move in fear. Mm-hmm. And I think there was also a scene in that movie where she didn't, she tried to get her sister to leave, but her sister didn't want to leave. Right. It's like, you can't save them. She all. couldn't <laughs> see. She couldn't see it. No, she couldn't see the, 
the abundance. She couldn't see the freedom. She couldn't. She only right. knew the the river. She only knew the the one way. Yeah, and which is unfortunate for people because I mean, I'll I'll challenge anybody to a conversation. I mean, if you think you're stuck in your situation, I mean, it's all in the brain. And I will. And anybody can have that that conversation of you know I can't do this. I've learned also that you know can't and want are essentially the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, what's a barrier for you might be a rule for somebody else. Barriers, whether they're physical or not, yeah. are literally just mind limitating abstract the other day i was thinking of you know i asked myself why you know why everything why all day long basically Mm -hmm. but but then i but then it just kind of struck me it's like you know when i was when i was thinking of you know something that i was doing maybe it's something you're doing that is not getting results say conventional results but it's something that i like doing so then it's like well why not why not do that you know it's it's kind of interesting especially i think in this world where you know there's all this there's so many ways to communicate that are you know kind of like semi-communication right (laughs) whether it's all this remote communication that goes on with texting and emails and Facebook and all that stuff. And, and you can, I, I find myself, um, reaching out to people about, you know, just different things. Like I reached, like I reached out to you and People will often just ignore it just because they can and just because their life is, you know, they're on their merry-go-round and they're, you know, they're doing their thing and they don't, they don't need any, they don't need any other distractions or whatever. But I, you know, I, I mean, I can say that, you know, I reached out to you and you responded there's other people that I reach out to and I get no, I get no response. And in some ways I think, you know, we can say, I mean, I could say, well, you know, what's wrong with them? And, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's, you know, I don't know what's going on with them, but, but that this, this reaching that I do, this is my reaching. This is my this is how I live. Regardless if you respond or reach back, the fact that you don't doesn't have to change what I am. I'm still this being that is reaching from the bottom of my heart to another human being. And the simple fact of the matter is I think most people are not in a position to respond to that. It's it's outside their box. I can attest to that because, um, so I haven't reached out to too many people about like spirituality, but especially with from the bottom of my heart, I've reached out to a lot of people for donations and to my GoFundMe and 
probably got about 25% response rates. Mm -hmm. And my thing is at first I was like feeling like really shitty about people not responding because I I literally would email them my heart. Right. Like it was exhausting to email people because you're like, and then the the thing for me though, like like you just said, like their, their lack of response or their no or their yes or whatever they're saying has nothing to do with me. No, they do what they can. Yeah, and and the thing is, I, I got offended. Well, not offended. I got kind of down on myself in the early months of running the the um, the crowdfunding because, I mean, I really needed the help and people weren't responding. But the thing is, it's like my response to their no response was all on me because for me, I'm still going to be this thriving yeah. individual. I'm still going to be this kind person. Like, whatever you think of me, I'm not really seeking approval mm. from you anyway. I'm not seeking anybody's acceptance. I'm not seeking anybody's. I'm seeking your support, which in a way is acceptance. But whatever you say or think about me doesn't change my mind about me. Um, so I think with the, the, the thought patterns of having the the shame or the, the vulnerability of no mm-hmm. one responding. I mean, that that in itself is the ego saying, oh, no one cares about you. No one is You're not good about enough. You. Yeah, exactly. The enough. You're not enough. The enough. Oh, my gosh. You need to do more. <laughs> the enough feeling. It's like you really get caught up in that. Oh, yeah. It's a rat race. It's, and, um, you know. I think for me, that's kind of been one of the biggest lessons in that, you know, no matter what happens, mm-hmm. I mean, people are going to say and think stuff about you and you have to be strong enough to do what you do despite yeah. their actions or lack of actions. Cause people are going to be people, people, you know, you're never going to understand why they don't respond or why they're ignoring you or why they do whatever they do. Like yeah. just like you said, they're not in that position to really express themselves or right. They're not in that position of like a deep rooted self or, Whatever it is, I mean, it it has nothing to do with your journey. It doesn't have to either. No. Until you make it. Right. If you're, right, your mind can do it to you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, that's that's it. I mean, the beauty of all of us is just what you, you know, what comes out of your heart. And, you know, that's just the beauty. We And we all have that. You've got it. Yeah, people are. Um, I mean, I can uh, I can kind of say this on my personal note. I mean, you you kind of move in the way to not offend people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I might sound like an asshole saying this, but honestly, whatever I do or say is from the bottom of my heart, and I honestly don't care if people are offended by what I say mm-hmm. or do, because I can explain. I can mm-hmm. I can back up anything I do and say. Mm-hmm from the bottom of my heart because I know myself enough to well, do so. Yeah, the absolute, I, th- I think, the absolute truth is you're doing it for yourself. Right. We all are. And that and that and and that's a good thing as long as, you know, we're doing it from our heart in a place of love mm. and not to make money or, you know, whatever. I mean, nothing wrong with making money, but, I mean, but just – care for yourself and 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 care for your the friend next the person yeah. next to you the same way i think it's all about good intent yep good intent i mean people have hidden agendas i think that's also why a lot of people are hesitant to maybe 
Right. Back out I think, think so. They think you have a hidden agenda. There's so much they weird. might have a hidden agenda yeah. on their side. There's so much weird so stuff. You, that, you just you can't really go into that mind that that it, because because then it becomes a slippery slope. I've learned that it, it becomes a slippery slope, and then you start like yeah, everything it starts to affect everything else too. Yeah. So I think I've I've learned to just realize that this is who I am now. Right. I'm a different person than I was five years ago, ten years ago, thirty years. I'm a different person. Yeah. This is who I am now. And 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 I mean and I'm and I'm really learning to express who I am and speak for myself and 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 say how much I care about myself and mm-hmm. this life and you know it's not normal uh you know so so much anyway it's just but it's that's just who I am now I I think it's what matters it's what comes out of my heart not not what comes out of my mind yeah yeah I mean that's that's pretty much what my journey is all about I mean I, I for one thing a lot of people I don't know what my content or who it attracts but for the most part I mean it attracts people like yourself and for everyone who is following their heart I believe that there is the ability to kind of read between the lines specifically talk about my poetry my my way of thinking um and it's all from a good place that's all I really want to communicate to people uh we're going to be wrapping up here actually we're approaching an hour and a half so thank you all who have listened this long this is probably the one of the longer but talks podcast I'll do since I do have a guest here. But um, again, this is episode 111. And to wrap up things, I do want to say that um, I'm in a really good place with where I'm going in my journey as far as my books. Um, my, we were just talking about reaching out to people and connecting with others or for me personally with us uh, for support. Again, I want to say with my GoFundMe, I am running a mile for each donor or donation. Um, I stubbed my toe last week being lazy on the weights and I haven't been able to run since then, but I'm at 22 miles of 27 donations. So please donate. I need a mile of donor guys. Thank you. Uh, anything you want to include before we wrap up or anything else you want to talk about? Uh, Robert or what's your name again? Bob. Bob. Starts with a B. Ends <laughs> with a B. No, just hey, no. Uh, yeah, just support your local writers. They're good people. We come from a good place. We're confusing, simple, complicated, <laughs> but we can explain it. <laughs> right. Amen. Yeah. Well, thank you all. This is again Bud Talks Podcast. TK here, writer under Bud Hanson and Timothy. Bob. Bob. Good morning, good evening, good night, everyone. Have a blessed day.